Welcome to Get a Grip with Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, hey, welcome to the Get a Grip podcast. It is full swing tonight with Get a Grip and our friends at Scratch. I'm Shane Bacon. That is Claire Rogers from Golf.com. Claire, back from a, a couple of weeks on the road. Uh, the suitcase is not unpacked, but we're going to unpack <laughs> episode five, American Dreams. And before we get into that, just a reminder, you can check out everything that Claire does at golf.com. You can see her on social media at K Claire Rogers. Claire, anything else to push? Anything else to plug? Not at the moment, but if anything comes up, I'll let you know. Just scream <laughs> it out. Even if, yeah, just <laughs> even if I'm talking, just just jump right in the middle of it. Um. This was, uh, you know, we, we kind of got a little bit of the live in the PGA Tour back and forth in the Ian Poulter episode. Uh, this dove a little deeper into it, and it really focused on two characters. Claire, what I love about Full Swing and what I've enjoyed about this series is some of the other sports series that I've seen on Netflix, it's a little bit more tournament to tournament or season to season. I really felt like that with F1 this has been really more about the players and this was getting into two completely different players, completely different athletes and different portions of their careers and their lives uh, going about uh, their sport and their decisions in a different way. Yes. And I kind of like that you said that because at first I started watching this episode and my immediate thought was we already had a U.S. Open episode. Right. We already had a PGA championship episode, but for someone who's not following golf as closely, I don't even know if they'd pick up on that. And I think, again, it lets you focus on the personalities. But I will say, I don't think this was my favorite. I did like the episode and I I get its purpose, but I just felt like after the Gino episode where I was so emotional coming off of it, it was just so different. And we're focusing on analytics and it just felt a little dry, I would say the first eight minutes. And I even texted my coworkers. I was like, oh, I'm not an analytics girl. This is a, this, this episode was not made for me. And then they said, okay, give it literally two more minutes and you'll be, and they were right. Um, but yeah, what was your overall impression and feelings towards it? I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, I, I'm probably agreeing with you. I mean, Joel Damon episode was just so impactful in so many different ways and it felt so personal. It was like really getting to know someone and getting to know the relationships, not just obviously with his late mother and, and going through that in terms of, you know, a part of his journey as a high schooler into college years, but even that relationship with his wife and they're about to have a child and now they have a child and his relationship with his caddy. I mean, it just felt so personal. It felt bigger than golf. This mm -hmm. felt very golfy. I mean, this was focused so much on the U.S. Open, decisions to to go about with Liv, who Matt Fitzpatrick and Dustin Johnson are and who they were coming up. And I mean, it was interesting because, you know, when you ask sports people, who, who do you know? Do you know Dustin Johnson or Matt Fitzpatrick? They're all going to say Dustin first, right? Because he's been such a fixture in our lives over the last few years. But Matt Fitzpatrick was the amateur star. And you got a little of that early in this episode. Claire, I wanted to tell you a quick story. So, they touched a little bit on him winning the U.S. Amateur at Brookline back in 2013. I was in an event a few years ago with this older couple, and they were telling me the story. They said they were on the list of hosting players during that amateur. So, you know, a lot of, especially at big amateur events, you know, maybe you can't afford a hotel, or maybe you don't really know much about it, so you stay with host families. And Fitzpatrick was one of those people that were staying with the host family. And they said they were walking the range, and they came upon this little dude, you know, this little young kid. And they realized this was who was staying at their house. 
they're like, oh, this is cute. You know, young kid got in the USA amateur. We're going to get to show him the ropes. He's not going to make match play, but what a great moment for this kid. And then, you know, five, six days later, he wins the Havemeyer trophy. So I felt like this was a very big and great example of don't judge a book by its cover because Dusty Johnson, six, five. And, you know, he, again, he, he was talking about getting three scholarships, you know, in any sport in college. I don't know if I believe all that, but you know, we can obviously talk up these guys as athletes. And then you get little Matt Fitzpatrick with even now he's got the braces and the high right. and tight haircut. And he's the guy that's dominating winning major championships in 2022. So I am pretty sure that Fitz stayed with that family again for the U S open this past year. Right. I, I, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm but. like 97.8% sure. I'll double check on that. Good but, math. <laughs> um, yeah. And what you said about, he just looks so young, even, you know, not just 2013, 2022. Um, and he said, you know, he had been in England for a week and no one had recognized him. And I have this constant thing. Who's the best golfer who can go out and not be recognized. And he's got to be up there with that going out to dinner. People aren't looking twice because he doesn't have, DJ, even if you don't know golf, you're saying that's an athlete. You're not doing that with Fitz. And they made a good point. I think Sean Foley said it. Like there are some guys who don't have the build of the athlete, but they have the work ethic and the technical skills to compete with those guys, which Fitz obviously has. I love that they brought in Fitz out driving Dutch at the U S open. Cause if you remember at the time, that was a big part of the story, especially in the early weeks, it was like, this guy has been working so hard at distance and the stack system and everything he was using to gain distance off the tee. Cause he understood how important that was. And to mm -hmm. show him actually hit it past a guy like Dustin Johnson, who for years was one of the longest, if not the longest guy on tour was a good example. Even if you didn't catch it, about that hard work paying off and him obviously focusing so much on his speed over the last year, year and a half. I, I wanted to give credit to Netflix. I don't know if they meant to do this, but kind of just showing the difference in looks, the Matt Fitzpatrick in the car, he had the, the tight haircut, you know, he's got braces on, he's smaller than his manager. He almost <laughs> looked younger than he looks as a pro golfer, you know, in that yeah. instance, in that shot. And I, I felt like, I don't even know if they meant to do that. Um, another thing is the yardage books. I do the same thing, Claire. I have, I mean, really? I, I've got a yardage book from the match, you know, the first match with Tiger and Phil. I've got yardage books from work events and major championships, but also I've got all my gateway tour yardage books from 2007 in a closet, you know, down here in the basement. So this must be a weird golf thing we do, but I've never, I've never thrown them away. I keep every yardage book I get. Okay, forgive me for not knowing more about the yardage book. Do you have every shot that you've taken in there too? Or no, you just I'm not, know I'm not okay. a complete nut like Matt Fitzpatrick. But <laughs> I, I mean, I would, when I caddied, Claire, I'd note that stuff. So if I caddied, okay. like when I caddied for my friends on the LPGA tour, I would write down the distance and the clubs they hit, mostly on par threes throughout mm -hmm. the week. But then I could revert back to something and say, you know, we hit eight iron here on Tuesday yeah. to that front pin. And now the pins back. So it's at seven iron. I would write that little stuff down. Um, but yeah, on my own stuff, I didn't do it nearly as much. Most of my notations in there were just me being mad at myself and also telling <laughs> myself where not to hit it or where not to screw up on the golf course. Right. But I do feel like the keeping the yardage books is a, is a weird golf thing that we do. And a lot of caddies do it as well. Totally. Another moment that I loved was when he's pulling into the country club, I don't know if it was Saturday or Sunday, two things. One, was he actually listening to like the radio about himself? Seemed like it that... had to have been dubbed in. It had to have okay, been. Okay, because I was like, that's it's so weird. crazy. But also, and obviously that um, security guard looks like, you know, a young adult who probably isn't following golf that closely, but player or caddy? 
which made me laugh so hard. Yeah. You know, I mean, unfortunately, probably gets it a decent amount, right? It's not like all the yeah. security people know exactly all the players. It's not Augusta National, for goodness right. sakes. When I'm sure when you pull up to Magnolia Lane, they know all the players by their names or their car numbers. But I mean, these are yeah. just young security people in Boston that some company hires. But I'm sure Fitzy gets it all the time, right? I mean, what is he, 5'9", 5'10", 145, 150 pounds? I'm sure he gets, you know, mistook for other people and players and managers all the time. Yeah, so I went to dinner two, three summers ago, maybe, with Dan Rappaport and him out in Providence. It was when they still had the Dell Technologies in Boston. And Rappaport was running super late. I had never met Matt before. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be so awkward. They did not know who he was because they gave us like the worst tape. It was cold. You know, it's, it was like too cold to be sitting outside. <laughs> they gave us outdoor seating. And I, Again, they had no idea who this guy was, which is fine, but it just shows. And now he's one of major, but I feel like we could still go back to that burger joint and they wouldn't know. So Claire, are, are you a dying inside or outside person? What what are your thoughts on on sitting outside to eat dinner? Um, I did it a few times in, at the waste management. I'm okay with it, but if it's cold, I don't want to do it. Even I, I, I don't want to be outside eating dinner. I want to be yeah. inside. I just am yeah. out on it. I'm out on Unless it. Unless it's super cramped, though. If they're like, listen, we're going to squeeze you in between these two tables, but 99% of the time, I want to be inside. Yeah, it's, it's it's a big Arizona thing. I'm not surprised that happened in Scottsdale. Yeah. A lot of outside with the misters, even in the summer, you'll occasionally see people sitting outside, and you want to go up to them and ask them if they're doing okay. Um, yeah. When we got into the live stuff, on this episode, I thought that Chad and the Netflix crew did a great job of showing how big Liv was last year, mm -hmm. because I don't think people, I mean, you and I are, are in the business and you got every human I can only imagine in your life asked you about Liv last year. Same right. for me. People that never ask golf questions, never talk about who won a major championship were calling or texting. Hey, what about the Liv thing? The fact that they showed PTI, which is probably the biggest and most watched studio show in all of sports, talking about it. And then they show Trevor Noah talking about it, which yeah. isn't even a sports show, yeah. right? That's the Daily Show on Comedy Central. And they've got Trevor talking about it. That's what it felt like in the moment was every single person, golf or otherwise, was asking about Liv, what is this thing? What are we doing? And what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, and they made a good point. Someone said in the episode, like, we knew Phil was going to go. We knew a lot of these older players, maybe European players were going to go. When Dustin went, it was like, oh, we have some athletes going over there now. This thing's legit. Yeah, he. Uh, I remember a couple episodes ago, he said the line about, I'll be watching the first event at Centurion, and of course <laughs> he's playing. I did I did get a, I wrote this down, a little bit of a Dustin slip up in one of his, one of his couch moments. Did you see that when he said, I've got to put four rounds in? Did you hear I that? You've only got to put three in. Nope, but then I was like, three. is he worrying about the U.S. Open? Or was he talking about the U.S. Open? And he wasn't. No, But that was my Liv. weird golf thing I noticed. That was one of my weird golf things yeah. I noticed. It was funny. Um, uh, a couple things they, they showed. Uh, first of all, we got a little Joe Buck calling golf, which always yeah. makes me happy. That was my old Fox days when he won at Oakmont. A weird story about that U.S. Open. So that was my first U.S. Open that I was promoted to the broadcast team, you know, the, the A broadcast Big team deal. I was doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, huge deal. I had my own space. I had my own producer. I think it was Jeff Newbarth uh, at that time was producing for me. You know, I had my own producer, which was wild. But that U.S. Open was weird. If you remember, it was it was weather. It was soaked. It was weather all mm -hmm. week long. And so I would have to show up really early in the day and do round wrap interviews, have all afternoon to do nothing, and then do wraps at the end of the day. I took a nap in the sauna at Oakmont one day. 
Um, now That's it was dangerous. What? No, no, no. It was, wasn't on. It wasn't on. Oh. They were using it. They were using it for storage that week. But I got there at like six a.m. I had to interview. I think Dustin. I think I had to interview Dustin because he came out to finish a couple holes. I didn't have anything to do for four or five hours, but our hotel was pretty far away. So I went in there. It was quiet. It was dark. It was sleepy. I brought a couple of towels in there. All I could think was nobody turned the sauna on, yeah, but yeah. that's I took a snooze in the sauna at Oakmont. I don't know if a lot of people have done that. I'm glad you brought in towels because they're not particularly comfortable, the wooden. No, you don't want to sleep yeah. on that. Yeah, brought in, brought in just uh, a few towels. I'm not a great <laughs> sleeper in random spots, but that was one, no, of, my, me one of my few moments. Um, you know who I was really happy to see in this episode? I'm going to give you one guess. Was it Paulina? Yeah. I knew it was going to be Paulina. I, do you like Paulina? What are your Paulina thoughts? I love Paulina. Okay. Zinsky. Okay. Can you dive a little I deeper into, into this relationship? Why do you love yeah, her so I'm, much? I'm not sure why. I, I just, I just love her. And I think, well, we've talked about this before. I think the best follow on Instagram is actually Janet Gretzky, Paulina's mom. Cause she'll post like she had a GoPro you on sent her me this when their first son Tatum was born or her grandson. She's like posting these videos. She has a GoPro on her head, like in the delivery room. <laughs> she's in. So she's in scrubs <laughs> with a GoPro on her head. You sent me. I couldn't believe it was real. There's like a flashlight behind it. Like there's just so much going on. But I, I don't know because I think Paulina is obviously very glamorous, which is fun for me to see as an Instagram follower of all these, you know, wives and girlfriends of the players. But she also. I don't know. She's just funny. Like she has two kids and she's obviously a good mom. You can tell they really are focused on family, but at the same time, she's living her best life, which I think is amazing. But we don't get to hear her talk that often. She's done a few podcasts. She has some friends who run, can't even remember the name of it, but it's like a smaller podcast. So I had to go digging to find this thing. Um, But I really, she gave some good insight when she said, you know, I'm sure when I was younger, my dad was a hockey player and he was missing my birthdays and that, you know, hurt her feelings. I would be bummed if my dad wasn't there. And she kind of said, he's doing this for his family and DJ's honesty. I really appreciate it. But Paulina is just, I used to refer to her as the queen bee of the PGA tour. I guess now she's the queen bee of live, but someone needs to be this person that has, can have all eyes on them. Everybody loves them. And she's not Dustin Johnson's wife. She is Paulina Gretzky, who happens to be married to a golfer, which I think is very fun. She did reference her dad as a hockey player, which I was wondering, I mean, if, could you imagine saying, like, if you were Charlie, like, my dad's a golfer, you know, you're like, it's Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> we know. Yeah, like, we, we know Wayne. I did an interview with Wayne at Shinnecock in 18, uh, Faxon and I did. And I will never forget this, but Wayne said, we weren't on air. We were sitting, you know, you know, it goes, you're sitting around for 15 minutes before you actually do the interview live on air. So you're sitting around, you know, bullshit and doing whatever. And Wayne said of Dustin, cause we were like, you know, how, how was y'all's relationship? Oh, he's like, oh man, I love him so much. He goes, I've never heard Dustin say a bad thing about anybody is what Wayne said about Dustin Johnson. He goes, I've never heard him say a negative thing about a single human being. And that's always stood with me because I do feel like Dustin for potentially early in his career, who he was or who he was about got a bit of a bad rap, but as a person, mm-hmm. I've always felt like he's just been a real genuine guy. I thought the line he said in this episode where he goes, I'm playing less and making more money. And then he kind of equated it to an everyday job. Imagine Claire, if you only had to write once a month, and they tripled your salary, you'd be like, this is the best thing in the history of the world. So as tumultuous as Live versus the PGA Tour is and continues to be, 
and it's a lot more than just making more money or making less money or playing less or playing more. But I do feel like for Dustin, that was probably the final decision was I get to play less golf and they're going to pay me a lot more money. And to Dustin and to who Dustin is, you know, why pass up on something like that? Totally. And I'm pretty sure he's like coaching his kids little league this season. He's very involved as a parent, it seems like, which he's able to do. And going off of, you know, he's never said a negative thing. I think there's, you know, players on both sides who are now kind of trashing the other side. And I'll see on Instagram comments, um, AJ, his caddy and brother, if Scotty Scheffler does something and wins and gets posted about it, AJ's commenting like, he's the best. Go, go, go. And I really just, it's refreshing to have someone who's, it's clear, I think they're still cheering on their friends on both sides, which is nice. That that's you know what I'm, I've been trying to do this a bit more clear as a male as a man is when you go on Instagram females <laughs> are so nice to each other and they send nice messages and they comment mm-hmm. and they they really talk they they talk their friends up that the dress looks great your hair looks awesome you're so beautiful and this is not a <laughs> thing guys do no I've been trying to do this more on my buddies uh, Instagram post. You're as so well. beautiful. Me, me, I, I just say that to, to Dan Rappaport. You're just beautiful. <laughs> and just keep posting these things. I, I could say that to Desher. He is very beautiful, but, um, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to be more like AJ, I guess, in the, in that, in that world, yeah. it's just trying to be, trying to be kinder to other male, male on male kindness is not a bad thing. It's not. And my sister and I have this thing that we've always said, if you think something nice about someone, you should just tell them because compliments, they're not as common as you think. Um, and girls on Instagram have nailed it. And it's a paragraph under a post. You are the most perfect angel I've ever seen. I'm obsessed with you. This is now my new phone background. (laughs) It's so funny. Uh, Do you post compliments on Instagram posts of people you don't know? Have you ever done that before? Paulina. Okay. Yeah. Just Paulina. Oh my God. You're a queen. You're perfect. Cause I'm like, (laughs) I think she gets a lot of male comments and she needs to know that women are also fans, you know, Paulina. I, was, I, was, I wasn't setting you up for that, but I'm happy you went there. Um, Dustin's jumper, I got to say, looked a little rusty. A little rusty in the episode. One just clanked. I'm glad they finally showed him swish it. And maybe the shock and surprise of this entire episode is they didn't have Dustin dunk. I was waiting right. for it. Maybe, maybe his knees weren't feeling good, but I was like, how? this is the only thing people talked about for this guy for five years. How are they not yeah. showing him dunk? Yeah, I thought it was fun, though. Definitely a good family moment where they're all shooting hoops, hanging out. I wish we had the kids, but I respect the privacy of them not being in it. But selfishly, I would have found that fun. Uh, this episode uh, returned to Jupe Life, which made me very, very happy. Um, what were your thoughts on the Matt Fitzpatrick ice cream solves everything sign he had hanging up on the wall? Did you see that? I didn't even notice it. It was one of those, now- uh, those like lidded signs that you can turn on and off. It said ice cream solves everything. He had it hung on one of his walls. I figured you would, oh. you would see that. I can't believe I missed it. Yeah. To be fair, I had kind of just landed from LA. I was a little tired. Wow. No wow. <laughs> just blame um, it on the long flight. But I like him more now that I know that because I, that is one of my strongest beliefs that it does solve everything. So Fitz, I was a little lukewarm on the whole thing. My sister said it kind of feels like hoarding with when he pulled up <laughs> yeah, all yeah, the yeah. yardage books, but And again, I wish we saw a little bit more personality, but that would have been all I needed to really be all in on Fitz. So Um, Fitz used rub on sunscreen. Now, Claire, I've heard for a couple of years that the spray sunscreen is going to go away. I think Mm it's something with like coral or the reefs 
or yep. I don't know, turtles. I don't know. Whatever the reason may be, I think spray on sunscreen is what I've heard is going to go away. I think spray on sunscreen is 800 to 1,000 times better than rub on sunscreen. What are your thoughts? Okay. It gets all over your hands. Like, I can't believe he was putting it on right before. Go- right. I would have made my caddy do that. Here's, I'm, <laughs> I, <laughs> I have very Irish skin. I burn very easily. Here is my, how I handle it. In the morning, if I'm going out in the sun, I put on lotion sunscreen. And then as I reapply in the day, that's spray. Okay. So I have like a firm base. But if you go to Getty Images, and this is a take I've had for a long time. I don't know if I've discussed this with you. And you type in golfer sunscreen. They all are going like this. And that, you can't do that. You have to put it on your face like this. You've got to rub it in, right? That's the rule? You spray and rub? Yes. Yeah. No, no, you should just not be putting spray sunscreen on your face ever. Wait, 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 why, why is Men this? Men do that. It's just not good for your skin, I don't think. I think they make a face sunscreen, the Neutrogena face sunscreen. That's for your face. Okay. You need something stronger for your face. I don't like, these guys just go like this, and then you and have I, greasy film. It's I not do this. Good. I do this as well. I didn't realize <laughs> this was the case. Now, Cindy has bought me face sunscreen before yes and i really appreciated her doing that i just never used it and just use spray on because it's way easier yeah i get that it's easier but i did like how they switch excuse my fiji water bottle that i got up here for. max um, is gonna be so mad at you i know i'm like hiding it um i liked how they went from that or they went from brooks throwing in a dip or whatever the terminology oh my gosh is, over to that and it was Yin and yang prepping for their rounds, which yeah, is yeah, hilarious. Yeah. yeah, you get the dip in and do something to your body, and I'm going to spray this on. I need, listen, Claire, there's a lot of reasons that I love doing these podcasts with you, but I would say this is reason number one. I need a veneer check on DJ. Got him. Got him. Okay. For uh, sure. That is 110%. I have a photo of him. I tweeted this last night of him from 2006. Totally different teeth. The smile, totally close-up smile of him, they were perfect. And again, perfect. I've been looking more at veneers now because of you. Thank you. And I was like, well, I got to ask Claire about that, obviously. And here's the thing. Whether you believe in God or not, the higher powers of the universe <laughs> are not making one person have the best teeth on the planet and be the best golfer on the planet. No one gets that lucky. But what they do get is finances to then buy the perfect there you go. There but you no go. one's getting both <laughs> bring it in religion into episode five i like that um what Politics are my favorite in episode six that's right we'll get deep into <laughs> who we're going to vote for next next year um i want to just say that i love uh and excuse my language here if you have a kid around fucking hellfire from Fitzy. It's just an awesome thing to say after a bad golf shot. I've said a lot of bad words over the years after bad golf swings and bad shots in my life. Never used that one before, but I think I'm going to adopt it. You going to add it? I mean, just, it's just, it's, it's just, you know, and, and Fitzy doesn't get up and down. So he just says it, no. you know, five out of 10 fucking hellfire. But yeah. I just really, really <laughs> love that. I just like hearing these guys swear, I think. When DJ's yelling at Joey in the back, he's like, move your effing heart. <laughs> just screaming at him, always in the way. Um, also, another thing that I picked up that I, you know, I mean, obviously, DeShare and, and D-Rap have been doing a great job with this series. But Rappaport on the 18th, they had him kind of mic'd up as he was going through the emotions of watching his buddy try to win a major championship. And he said, you got to hit a great shot to win a major. I loved that line from Rappaport because it is so true, right? Nobody hands you a big event. No. Nobody hands you a major championship. He did not hit a good tee shot on 18. And, you know, you could get cute. You could lay it up. You could try to go the David Tom's route. 
and he just ripped an on iron at it. And I just thought that was, you know, we've heard a lot about this. Like Joel Damon in episode four talked, you know, it's so hard to win out here. It's so hard to beat these guys. He talked a lot about that after he won his first PJ tour event. And for D rap to say that and them to mix that in, I thought was, uh, I thought that was good TV. I had forgotten how insane that approach from the so stand was. Good. Yeah. So incredibly good. And I want to give a shout out to his parents who are adorable, but his dad in the Red Sox hat was just the perfect kind of way to a nod to Boston for the week, yes. which I thought was awesome. That's not something someone I from Europe, I don't think has hanging around, you know, I'm, did he go to Fenway? Did he order it on Amazon? And it Amazon? was worn, like it looked worn. Like it, yeah. what his first day wearing that? Maybe he got it in 2013 and has been waiting. No, I don't know. But um, it was really, that was awesome to watch. And Fitzy, if you noticed, and they only showed a couple times, but he had a country club head cover on his bag. Mm -hmm. And Fitzy, for years, used the Hilton head head cover on his bag. And I asked him one time about it because it was like the light tower was his driver head cover. And he was like, that's my favorite golf course in the world. Now, he doesn't use that head cover anymore. I wonder if the country club has surpassed it. But, yeah, he had a country club head cover on. His dad's wearing the Red Sox hat, which gets us to segments because you, you stepped over a segment of mine just a little bit. I'll start. Winner of this episode, the Fitzpatrick family. Just love the family, the mom, the dad, the brother, the reactions on the 18th, everybody hugging how emotional that was. I I could use more of that in some of these episodes where the family's involved, especially yeah. after a big moment, but that was easily my favorite part of the episode. Same here. I, I also loved the morning of when they were all sitting watching. First of all, watching it unfold as he's not, you know, he's teeing off later in the afternoon. That must be so stressful. But um, someone said, are you enjoying the tournament? Fitz's mom said, yes. And Matt, or he was either Alex or Matt said something like, well, that was a bad answer. Just yes. But they are, they were so sweet and just, you know, they look like normal parents as parents do. And to have just this kid who happens to be incredible at golf and to be along for that, it must be amazing. So they were my Winners of the episode too. Who was your loser or losers of the episode? Uh, my my losers of this episode was sideburns. Um, Fitz <laughs> has none. Dustin had like the chompers, especially early mm -hmm. in his career. I will say this as a man, I've still not, I'm 39 years old. I still don't really know what the proper sideburn length is. Like, can you see? I mean, like, I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of, I'd say yeah, it's a little know. lower than the Fitzpatrick sideburn, harder to see with the beard, but I, I've never quite been told or understand how long sideburns should be. They should not be what Fitzpatrick's look like or early Dustin should look like. I at least know that. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle, perhaps. I, I think I think you got it. I think they were like a zero and a ten. And I'm sure five's <laughs> probably the answer. Who is your loser? Um, the live guys being rude during the US open pressers. So it was like, I don't like when you guys ask me, keep asking me these questions. You've just signed a couple, you know, $100 million. Just relax. You can be uncomfortable for three minutes and then go back to being yourself. And, you know, Brooks, classic Brooks saying, I'm not even thinking about it. Right. Guys, I'm just here trying to win. It's so, you know, we have to write about something. So we're going to ask you about it. And going back to early in the episode, I mean, this is what PTI and The Daily Show and CEN and Fox Sport, like Fox News, like all of these entities are talking about live. And when you go to major championships, as you know, Claire, it's not golf journalists there. There are journalists there, especially yes. in a major market like Boston. Yes. You're going to get these questions. And I can only imagine they were prepped for that as well. But, you know, we saw this throughout the year in 2022 
was especially early into Liv's existence was all of the answers were short, curt, and they weren't super nice about any of the Liv yeah. stuff. And if you remember the country club week was when Kepka was kept answering, you guys are ruining the U S open by talking about this. And then I think he joined live like on Wednesday, you know, it was like right the deflection. after. Was, yes. It's an impressive, uh, you know, lesson in deflection or just masterclass, I should say, but he, yeah, I just didn't like it. And I, Firmly believe that if you are taking X million dollars, you can deal with feeling uncomfortable for you three minutes. You can answer a couple of tough questions. Um, golf thing that needs more explanation. I actually think I have my favorite one yet of our segments Let's in episode five. So they didn't, they touched on it a little bit, but you know, Fitz wins the U.S. Amateur at the Country Club and then he wins mm -hmm. the U.S. Open at the Country Club. How rare a feat is that to do? Well, there have only been two people that have ever done it in the history of golf before that. Julie Inkster won the U.S. Women's Amateur and the U.S. Women's Open at Prairie Dunes. And Jack Nicklaus mm -hmm. did it at Pebble Beach to win both of those on the same golf course. This never happens, ever, ever, ever. Yeah. So that's how crazy what Fitzpatrick pulled off is in terms of the history of the game. So I just felt like it was worth expanding a bit on what he accomplished by pulling off that U.S. Open victory after, of course, what happened in 13. Mine was... Justice for Zalatoris. We still don't really know who he is. Yes. And he's a huge character, especially in major championships. So I want him to get a little love. I mean, I haven't, we haven't talked about the next episodes, but especially in season two, I think he could be a good character for it. Um, I don't want to skip over a weird thing we noticed because we need to discuss something that weighs on my mind heavily, okay, which is amateur versus amateur. Oh, it's a great, 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 great point. Do, what, what do you go with? I, I say amateur, and I know you say amateur. I say amateur, yep. And I think when it's on TV, people say amateur. Let's here. Let's uh, let's ask Google right now. This is good TV. This is good podcasting TV, <laughs> by the way. Let's see, amateur. Let's see what Google says here. Because I mean, you know, I mean, I don't I mean, I don't know if there's. I mean, I'm sure there's a proper way to say it. It's a little amateur. bit. Amateur. Like, is it like gray, where you like you can say gray and spell it with an e or an a, right? But you pronounce it the same. Well, I know, but I mean, American language is awful in most ways. Here we go. Let's see. Potato, potato. This why, why is why is this this is so hard to figure out? Amateur. Oh God! Did you hear that? No. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Amateur. Oh, that's how I'm going to say it from now on. <laughs> amateur. But I think amateur. It reminds me kind of RNA, 1800s. So I think people who are historians can say that. I think the rest of us should say amateur. Amateur. And I know you disagree. It's going to be yeah, just... amateur. It's going to be hard for me to go there, I think. I think I'm going to stick with amateur. You know <laughs> this what? This might be our first big disagreement. <laughs> you know what, Claire? How about this? The next time I'm on air and I say it, I will think about what I said. We'll cut the clip and I'll send it to you. And however I said it on TV is how we'll go with it from now on. You're going to say amateur because I'm on gonna, TV I'm going to try amateur. hard to say amateur. Amateur? Okay. Amateur. I'm going to do a Twitter poll after this. Okay. Please do. Um, do you pronounce it amateur or amateur, but spelled the same yeah, way? Just spell, spelled <laughs> the same way. Exactly. Um, Something you changed your mind on on this episode, Claire. Did you change your mind yes. on anything? Okay. More just a revelation. Um, It must be, well, a little bit of fit. I thought he was really boring at the beginning, and then I started to like him at the end. Um, And now that you said the ice cream thing, I like him even more. But just something that I took note of is that it must be wild as a parent to see your kid do that. And I think you could have an entire episode on PGA Tour parents 
and PJ Tour caddies because his caddy did an awesome job kind of grabbing the mic when Fitz was not going to speak. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I said Fitzy as a whole. I mean, I kind of always had consumed him going back to ice cream as kind of vanilla ice cream. Like he didn't really do yeah. a ton for me either way. I mean, this is a guy that's, he's never going to be Cherry Garcia, right? Like he's never going to be this crazy flavored ice cream that you eat and it kind of hits all of the taste buds. But I do feel like he is kind of vanilla ice cream with maybe some syrup on it and some mini M&Ms. Rainbow sprinkles? Yeah, maybe some sprinkles. Like, there is just a little bit more to uncover there. Like, I love his relationship with his brother, who, you know, I, I've got a chance to cover a few times at some of the amateur events. And obviously, his parents have been great. The whole family dynamic there was very normal. It felt very normal. Yeah. And I think I, I've always kind of respected the grind of his. I mean, he needed to get longer, so he got longer. He logs every single golf shot he hits in tournament golf and puts them into a spreadsheet. He does that himself. Like, he pulled out his own laptop, Claire, and did that himself. Like, this is yeah. personal logging of information to better himself as a professional golfer. So, I think as a whole, I, I went into it realizing that I probably was going to like Fitzpatrick more after watching the episode, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I think I definitely have a lot more respect for him. I think he's probably the person that I am most inherently different from on the PGA Tour. Interesting. I am not an analytics girl. I'm disorganized. I did horrible in math class growing up. I would never be able to track all that stuff. So I just think we have nothing in common, but I, again, really respect it and just the work ethic. It'd be so interesting to see how he was in middle school or high school, just having to do homework. I bet he was a very good student because he just kind of grinds. So when you went to dinner with them, did was did you? I mean, I know it was a few years ago, but were there things that you guys agreed on? Shows you liked? Did you order the same thing? Like, did any? Do you remember any of that stuff? Because I mean, if you had dinner um, with somebody, a burger. Yeah, I ordered a burger. I can't remember what he ordered. I just remember once Rappaport got there, I was like able to just make joke after joke after joke, and it was fine. <laughs> you were just because I think him. I do that. Yeah, I mean, maybe they wouldn't all land, but I just kind of went into silly mode and that's how we did, but totally nice. Um, I can't even remember what we talked about. I think I asked him like, oh, how's the hotel you're staying at? You know, <laughs> I definitely was not as confident in like the world of golf then as I am now. So I feel like if we had dinner with Rappaport again, I would probably be much more enjoyable, but it was also at a place where they give you an hour and then they want you out. Oh. So we weren't like lingering. It was a quick burger place but yeah we had a good time <laughs> um what average fans will get out of this episode and i think this has been a theme a lot throughout you know the entire series is how tough it is to win and really how mm -hmm. tough it is to win a major championship and you touched on it a bit i mean the character that's recurring you know through five episodes here in terms of the actual golf being played is wills alatoris and he won yeah no majors last year right i mean this is a guy that is in a playoff against Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas wins at the PGA and has a putt on the 18th green to get into another playoff at a U.S. Open with Matt Fitzpatrick, and it rolls over the edge. It is so hard to win. Fitzpatrick put himself in such a great position last year at the Country Club and still has to hit the shot of 2022 out of a fairway bunker with the lip in front of him. He's basically got to cut a non-iron, hit it on the green, and he has to avoid a putt dropping from 15 feet. I just feel like this is a theme that golfers talk a lot about and if you don't watch a ton of golf, maybe you don't totally understand how hard that is to win. It's not as hard if you're great to get in contention, but to actually win the golf tournament is a very, very hard thing to do. Also, how many players, I've definitely seen this somewhere, but when your first, you know, win on U.S. soil, your first professional win is a major. Crazy. 
And I, I wish that there had been, I, they talked about it at the beginning. He's never won a PJ tour event, blah, blah, But that I think also is why the celebration was so huge. Once you've won 10 times to get your first major, yeah, that's huge, you know, but it starts to feel, I don't want to say it starts to feel repetitive, but for him, this was the first two things, you know, win on U S oil and major. So it was a double celebration. I think, um, I think people are going to realize what a freak athlete DJ is. And that kind of helps with the golfers are athletes that we sometimes feel like is not the case. And then just that there's a lot of different ways to play this game and approach the game, whether you're dipping before you go in the round, not to say that Brooks isn't working hard off the course, obviously, but from taking every single note of every single breath you take on the course to just kind of going out and going more off like vibes. I want to say there's a lot of ways to play this game. Yeah. What did Dustin say early in the episode? He said, if I feel like I'm prepared, I feel like I can win. And then he said, I mean, even if I'm not prepared, I feel like I can contend or win. I mean, yeah, you're so right to, to put Dustin next to Fitzpatrick where Dustin and, and I've, I've, I've said this a lot about Dustin over the years is, you know, Dustin's a savant when it comes to golf, like his ability yeah. to play golf. Years ago, I was at the kingdom, uh, which is where Taylor May does all of its testing and stuff with his golf clubs. I was out there hitting some new driver. This was years ago, probably 10, 12 years ago. And I'm a lefty and it was back in like the white headed driver days. And I was hitting a few of the drivers and Dustin was at the end of the range hitting balls as well. And he moseyed on over as Dustin tends to do, you know, he does his Dustin walk and he comes over and he takes my left-handed driver and he hits the first one and it kind of slap cuts like really armsy, not a lot of body movement. And he kind of slap cuts it maybe 150 yards left. And he, you can see him kind of looking and looking at the ball and thinking about his golf swing. And he hits another one lefty better, but probably 220 yards kind of slap cut in the third ball. He hits it about 270 dead center right down the middle. But you could see, you know, you could really see kind of the engine moving internally as he yeah. was thinking about, okay, I'm not doing this. My body's not doing this. And it was in that moment, you know, I realized if I didn't already know that this guy kind of comes off as, you know, a, a bit of a ditzy guy. And, you know, he's kind of aloof and he's kind of to himself and he just hits it really hard and he's great. And in that moment, I realized just how damn smart he was about golf to just figure out lefty yeah. golf in three swings. I asked him after yeah. that, I said, how many, how many times have you done this? He said, I don't think I've ever hit a driver lefty in my life. And for him to take three balls to hit one, you know, which most golfers in the world would dream to hit was, uh, was really enlightening in terms of the Dustin Johnson experience. So, you know, I mean, you look at Fitzpatrick, you look at Dustin, and you're so right. So many different roads to get to the same place. And it just kind of, it's about finding the right path for you, right? Yeah. Was that the Rocket Balls era? Yeah, it was, it was right around RBZ when they used to make them wear those hats. <laughs> Remember those horrible yeah, hats yeah. that guys would have to wear for two or three rat the weeks? And you're like, oh, man, those things are, are brutal. But the Rocket Balls was a big hit. season. Just a yeah. hot three wood. Um, what else did you have, Claire, before we go? Um, let's see. I'm just going to scroll. Oh, another weird thing I noticed, which is, it was just kind of timely that Thomas Peters was at Fitz's house and he's yeah. just the latest live guy as of, you know, three days ago or whatever, which I thought was funny. Um, and again, I just like Dustin and Paulina. I think they're very different from the average tour couple, what you see, because he just like, doesn't, he does care a lot, but he, he doesn't come across as someone who cares. And he says, do you think you're going to have more to prove or people are going to care less once you go there about your game? And he's like, I don't care. I don't care. And he truly, I and he's someone I actually believe. Hey, Netflix season two, full episode, Paulina DJ. We want 
35, yep. 40 minutes. Let's just, let's get into it. Let's dive into it. Let's yeah. dive deep. Let's get Wayne involved in it as well. That's how close Janet. we are as friends. Let's get, yeah, get everybody. I need their, I need their <laughs> entire group and groupies and friends in a full episode. And let's really get into Dustin Paulina's people. And if you need us there, just let me know. I can make it happen. We can direct it. We could produce <laughs> it. We could be extras, whatever you need. Um, <laughs> I'll be an extra. There you go. That was a, that was full swing episode five, American dreams. This is full swing tonight. Big thanks obviously to Claire Rogers for her time. Check out everything she does, including the Rogers report at golf.com and follow her on social. She's one of the funniest people on Twitter at K Claire Rogers. And we will be back for episode six.